Welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with what we call Sweet Pappy Molassi. <laughs> Haven't heard that one in a bit. No? That's me. I'm here. All right. We are here to talk about all things Old Testament, New Testament. We actually call it Act 1 and Act 2. We are bridging the gap between these two parts and these two people uh, to be able to help Christians make sense of the roots of their faith, their Jewish roots of their faith, so that we might be able to help our Jewish people make sense of who Jesus is and come into relationship with this Jewish Jesus. Now, today we're going to be talking about something a little different. We're going we're gonna to tell a little bit of a story here. Yeah. 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 And and really right now, uh, we're, we're in November. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm leaving in a couple days, going out to the West Coast uh, to do a wedding. And uh-huh. uh, my anniversary was uh, last week in October, your anniversary. Mine's coming up in three weeks. Yeah. So this is wedding season, right? Right. Um, weather's a little bit nicer. Things are a little bit cooler. Um, you know, so the, the bride doesn't have to schwitz in her dress, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember the worst wedding I ever did. I was down like south, south, southern California. Like I, I, We stood on a golf course outside, and literally from where I stood, I could see Mexico. We were That's how south, far south we were. Yeah. But it's hot down there. Yeah. It was 118 degrees. Wow. <laughs> and we still did it outside. I couldn't even oh believe it. And I remember... I felt bad because I was sweating so much that like I was sweating. I couldn't even see because the sweat was in my eyes. And I felt bad about that until I looked up at the bride and the groom and they were totally sweating. I'm like, what are we doing out here? It's like July and it's in the middle of nowhere, California. It's like Imperial County or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But this this is wedding season. Okay. Uh, Now, before we jump into the topic at hand, I happen to bring a little bit of Jewish humor. Oh. Okay. Did you? I don't want to step on your toes. If you no, brought a no, little... go ahead. If you're going to inflict us with a little Jewish humor. All right, here we go. What or why? No, let me start over again. Why does the groom break a glass at a Jewish wedding? Have you ever seen that before? Well, of course. Of course, you did it, right? So at, at the end of the ceremony, they take a glass, they wrap it up, and then the, the groom, he steps on it, and everybody says... Mazeltov, Mazeltov, and then they start singing. The band goes. They lift them up on chairs, and there's great dancing. All right, so yeah. that that's that's part of the tradition, right? Why does the groom break a glass at a Jewish wedding? Oh, tell me. It's the last time he'll get to put his foot down on anything. <laughs> oh man, there you go. Okay, I'm only reading it. I'm not writing it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it is kind of true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, get it out. She says, get it out of your system now. There you go. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about this this motif of marriage mm. uh, and how it shows up scripturally. And if you don't know what Jesus is saying here in the second act, uh, and you don't understand culturally what's going on, you're missing a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. You're driving by and you're not pulling over to stop and investigate a little bit more. So that's that's what we're going to go. And I remember growing up as a kid, uh, you would go speak at places. You go to Bible studies and all that. But you're like, if if you were, you know, everybody has like their number one hit song, like all the bands. Your number one hit was always this talk. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. Yeah. We called it the marriage of the lamb, um, you know, and, and we kind of changed it uh, recently because... 
because of the things that are taking place in the world right now, uh, I, I have a sense that we are waiting for the Lord to return and it fits right into this whole concept of marriage that we are waiting as a bride. Now, if, if you say it like that, waiting as a bride, I, I know brides oftentimes or brides-to-be, what they're waiting for is they're waiting for the guy to actually ask them to get married, right? Like some people, they've been, yeah. they've been dating for a couple years. Some people, they've been waiting for five years. I know somebody who was waiting for 13 years before he popped the question. Wow. She was waiting that long. Wow. But we're, we're not talking about the waiting for the betrothal or the engagement for him to pop the question. We're waiting for the return of the groom, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that makes you ask the question, well, what do you mean the return? Where did he go? That's right. So what we have to do is we have to maybe unpack or undo some of our current thinking of how people get married today and put it up against, juxtapose it against what was this process like 2000 years ago at the time of Jesus. Yeah. Right. So before we do that today, how do people get married? How do they get married? Yeah. I remember Karis, she asked me that when she's a little girl. She's all, oh. well, daddy, how did you know you wanted to like marry mom? And how does, how does that whole process work? Right? Yeah. yeah. So if, if, if a couple, they meet and yeah. they fall in love, like how, what, what is that process? Kind of A to Z real quick. Yeah. Well, I guess they date for a while. Well, they, they find each other on an app. On an app? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting I'd for you to be single that. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you would. You'd never be able to find your way out. <laughs> but they find each other. They get set up, right? They go on a date. They spend a lot of time doing dating stuff and all of that. And then what? Yeah. And then he proposes, right? Yeah. He pops the question. He pops the question. And she says, boy, I never thought he would ask. That's right. <laughs> and then... And then all the planning starts. Yeah, then, all the, the planning then, starts. Then the, 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 the guy, he kind of disappears for a little bit, and her mother comes in, and now they, they're party planning. Right. right. They're, they're putting together the wedding. The flowers and the location, the venue, the what are we going to wear, the, you try the dress on, all that stuff. And then there's a wedding day, right? Right. Yeah. All right, so that is how it's done today. What did this whole, how did you get married, meet, fall in love, you know, exchange goats and all that kind of stuff 2,000 years ago during the time of Jesus? Oh, well, you know, 2,000 years ago, I don't think the guy found the girl, the girl found the guy, they got, you know, they fell in love and got married. Um, We're coming to you, though. You're the expert. You were there. You were there 2,000 years ago. Tell us what it was was like. Well, I'll tell you. Let me tell you. All right. Don't don't be a nudge. (laughs) 2,000 years ago, uh, when, when the young man saw the girl that he wanted, or better yet, uh, the girl that his father said that he wanted, because they would arrange marriages in those days, you know? Even all the way up uh, until, what, the 19th century, when you see, uh, when you see uh, Fiddler on the Roof and you see Tevye, and the marriages are supposed to be arranged, right? Uh, and, and I'm sure in Orthodox communities, they do it today. Uh, the marriages were arranged. And once that happened, um, once the two were arranged and, and marked out for each other as these two are going to get married, uh, at some point, 
there is a marriage proposal. And let me just give just a few bullet points because we're going to go and do this. Uh, we're going to build it out uh, as a whole study eventually, right? Yeah, we're going to do a course and we're going to film. And really, like for each one of these different pieces is a segment all by itself that is rich and replete with biblical imagery um, and, and really ties into our story um, both now in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship to come. Yeah. And, and so just, just to bullet point some of the highlights, uh, you know, there is the marriage proposal. And then uh, in, in considering that, uh, we, we go through all the things that take place in the marriage proposal and talk about our wedding contract and we talk about the cup that was uh, drunk at that proposal. Let me go to the proposal. Um, there is a contract. Uh, the groom would leave his father's house and go to the bride's house because what he was going to do is he was going to make a covenant with her. Uh, he was going to draw up a contract. It was a bridal contract. And uh, then he would do something else. He would drink a cup with her to seal that covenant. And then he paid a price for her. He had to, he, there was a bride price and he had to pay her father something in cash to marry her. And they wouldn't get married right away. Uh, that was just the proposal because what was going to take place after that is he was going to make a little speech to her and he'd say something like, I go to prepare a place for you. And what he was going to do was he was going to leave her and he was going to go back to his father's house because he was going to make a little mansion there. He was going to build a little bridal chamber on his father's property. Uh, and really, those are you know, the four elements of a Jewish wedding in the first century. Uh, until he was finished with that, uh, with that, that little mansion he was going to build uh, in his father's house or on his property, there was no getting married. Well, not even that. That's not even the wedding. That's really the marriage proposal. That's just the proposal. And, and get this, ladies. Um, this is about 2,000 years ago. You you get the man of your dreams. You're moving in with the in-laws, <laughs> basically, right? He goes to his father's house, and that is where the, the place would be prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of putting together their honeymoon suite. There you go. Well, not, not just the honeymoon, but this is where we're going to live. This is... Well, he after, after the honeymoon... He would leave his father's house and he would go to his own house because he was preparing a place for him okay. and the bride. Okay. And and so, uh, but uh, Jewish honeymoons uh, basically lasted seven days. Oh. You know, it's like had Jerry to D. be stocked with provisions, and the bride and groom didn't come out. They stayed in there uh, that whole time, <laughs> and uh, all the wedding guests would wait outside. Oh. Talk about awkward. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a rundown of the Jewish wedding, the tradition. Um, there is a lot to talk about in between all of those things, how those things were fulfilled in the life of the Messiah and the Jewish people. Uh, the contract, we have a copy of our contract in the scripture, it's in the Old Testament. Um, the cup, uh, that was something that uh, was brought to this potential bride uh, as Yeshua was celebrating the Passover. 
Uh, there was a price that was paid. The Messiah paid a price. And uh, he made that little speech to his disciples and said, I go to prepare a place for you because he was going back to his father's house. You know, they didn't realize that, you know, but that he was leaving and he was going to come back. And I think all of this fell into place uh, after the resurrection and they start to understand all of these things that were elements of the Jewish wedding and they were to be waiting as a bride. And there's another, there's another section that we need to talk about when we fill this out. Again, let's let's contextualize what's going on. Uh, this is John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus, the disciples, they're in the upper room. It's uh, Passover. It's the night before his crucifixion, and and they're sitting there. Uh, Judas has just left, and uh, Peter's saying, "I'm going to lay down my life for you." And then uh, Jesus goes into this little speech, and he said, "And I, I want you to hear this because you've no doubt you have heard this, you've read this before." I don't know if you have put it in its context of this Jewish feast, but Jesus says to his disciples there, it's just them in the room, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way where I am going. This is it. This, this, this is it, yeah. That's wedding language right there. That, that is. That's, that's wedding language in the context of first century Jewish tradition, Judean tradition, and uh, they would have been somewhat familiar with all of this, uh, but probably not put that into its whole context as a marriage at this point, not until after the resurrection, I think. Yeah. So the the groom goes away, and he's working on the house, and it's really not until, and again, this broad strokes, we're going, this is 30,000, maybe 40,000 foot level that we're looking at this, but he's building out that that honeymoon suite attached to the father's house. Um, when is he coming back? He, you know, the, the lady has to be ready. And so, you know, yeah. you don't throw surprises on the ladies. Yeah. Um, you gotta, he, he needs to say, Hey, I'll, I'll be back. Uh, it'll be November, you know, 21st. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want you to be ready that time. Yeah. He, but well, he, he can't give her that guarantee. No. Uh, in fact, uh, he didn't know when he was coming back. Uh, and she didn't know when he was coming back because it was his father's choice. You know, the father was one who bought the wine. The father was one who invited all the guests. Uh, it was in his father's house, and it was his father's choice as to when he was gonna go get his bride. And so at some point, the father would go and inspect this wedding chamber, and he would say, okay, it's done, go get your bride. So he gets the clearance. It's basically like, you know, the permits, right? Yeah. Like, all right, we got it, you've passed inspection. Now go get your bride. What does the bride do in the meantime? Yeah, in the meantime, she is just waiting. Waiting. And she's, she's waiting with great hope and great anticipation because she doesn't know when he's coming either. 
and uh, she is wearing a veil. She couldn't go outside of the house without wearing a veil. And, uh, you know, out there, those people who don't know about this wedding, uh, they don't know who we are. Uh, they don't even know that we're waiting. Hmm. They'll know after the wedding, because after the wedding, the bride never wears a veil again. So let me make a very obvious, maybe maybe people have already got this, maybe some people are, I, I need you to like kind of get me over the hump. You're, you're making some analogies and maybe not all metaphors tie over perfectly. So in, in this analogy, throughout scripture, um, God is talking about his bride, um, that the Israel is his bride, um, and that we as the church, as the believers, those who are following, we are also the bride. Jesus is the groom, and right now we are the bride who is waiting for the return of the groom. Yeah, and, and this is what he, he said to his disciples. You just read it in John 14. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you might be also. I'm pointing upwards. That means in heaven. Um, and so uh, the bride is to be waiting. And how does she wait? Um, she's supposed to be sanctified, set apart. Uh, watching, waiting. Watching. Ready. And waiting and ready uh, for the moment that he returns. And there's a whole, you know, hullabaloo as to how that return takes place in the Jewish uh, wedding of the first century. That's right. So th- this is a bit of a picture, and what will really kind of flesh out, even in the course as that that comes out, is this this looking of what is it that we're supposed to do? How is it that we, as the bride of the Messiah, um, what do we do while we're waiting? And if we are waiting, this has been a long time. We're pushing a couple thousand years now. Yeah. This, this is this better be a really nice place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. So, to just kind of bring this to a close, um, because we're not going uh, to, we're, we're scratching the surface here, but to bring it all to a close, uh, finally, the, the father looks and inspects and says, this is good, go get your bride. Yeah. How does the groom come? Well, the groom would come with all of his groomsmen, and they would go through the streets, uh, you know. Would usually- they sneak up? Like huh? really quiet? Late at night. They would go late at night, and uh, it would be kind of like a party. And when they would get within earshot of her house, uh, one of the wedding party uh, would give out a shout. Why? Well, she knew when she heard that shout that she just had, you know, minutes to get ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know, an interesting aspect of the whole thing is that all Jewish brides were stolen. Uh, the groom would run in and grab his his bride and he would steal her he would take her out of the house you know and the family would all look the other way as long as it was the young man with the contract you gotta make sure right (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh and he you know he would take her and uh bring her uh to his house and they would consummate the marriage I remember uh, I I stole I stole my bride. You uh, stole her? I stole her. Yeah. yeah. She she didn't know she was being stolen, but right after we got married, we got into the limousine. 
Afterwards, I looked at her and I said, it's too late now, sucker. <laughs> There's no getting out of this. Yeah, and what'd she say to you? She said, yeah, that's what you think. That's what you it's think. too late for you. <laughs> that's right. So as you can see, we're, we're going through this. You can start to see some of these scriptural pieces uh, and, and even some of the things that we got to unpack, and we're not going to do this right now, but uh, it, it really sheds light on even like there's these parables of the 10 the 10 bridesmaids, right? Like there's, there's these wedding motifs that are showing up in scripture. And if you know contextually what's going on, what it, it's not just what it means to us as we read it here today in 2022, what did it mean to them 2000 years ago, to that original audience as they're listening, given the context of what they know is already happening culturally. Yeah. Um, everything has new meaning for them but if we can get into their heads and understand it how they did, it has new meaning for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, Jesus put this in the context in this particular thing that we're talking about here, the Jewish wedding, waiting as a bride, and Yeshua as the Jewish bridegroom. Uh, we're looking at all of these different uh, uh dynamics here that took place, uh, the contract, the cup, the price, the speech, uh, and those are the things that really we need to unpack as we, uh, as we go through an explanation of all of this, uh, including uh, how do we wait and the coming for the bride and all of these things, they, they all figure in to the Jewish wedding tradition of the first century and they figure right into the gospel. That's right. Well, I think that that's about as much as we can do without going, like just diving in and doing the whole thing. So I, I hope that that wets our whistle just a little bit. Uh, stay tuned because uh, that video series is going to come out. You'll be able to take it. It'll be a small group resource. It's something you can go through uh, individually, and it's one of those things that we're going to be trying to get out here uh, really soon. So uh, that is it, waiting as a bride. And as we go into this season, uh, we're going into a season of, of Advent where we're looking at even the, the coming uh, and the appearing of the Lord, uh, but that, that we should be uh, waiting and uh, watching and ready um, for the return, um, that he is the one who will bring all things to his desired end, and that there is something to be hoping for in all yeah. of that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'd say that that's enough. That's all we can do. We can just wet the whistle. Yeah, he's already packing up. You're, you're putting your stuff away. <laughs> oh, no, I see what's going on there. You, you got a bagel over there. Yeah. That's, you're already at the, the marriage feast, <laughs> the, the supper, the marriage yeah. supper of the well, marriage. I hope it's going to be better than this bagel. <laughs> got, was that an everything bagel going on over there? Yeah, I got a little every bagel everything on top of the cream juice. Oh, there we go. With no locks this no time. No locks. Yeah. Good. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us. And until we meet again, Shalom uh, Shalom Yerushalayim. Yeah. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah. You guys know what that means by now. Yeah. All right. Shalom. Bye-bye.